Welcome to Changing the Sales Game podcast on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Connie Whitman. Thanks for tuning in today. So every week again, as you, I know you, I'm, I'm a broken record, everybody. I know I'm a broken record. If you are struggling in sales or building client relationships, and you feel like when you get into that sales conversation or to share your product or services that you feel a little icky and, and sleazy, please stop. And I have a tool for you to help you shift your perspective because, you know, really sales should be coming from a place of love, care and respect. And this um, idea of win, 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 right? Everybody wins when we can sell our wares or our goods um, that can help our clients. So go to my website and take your free communication style assessment it really will help you start to identify what are your natural communication superpowers, right? That you bring to the table without thought or effort. We want to build and leverage that. The flip side though, what is your lowest communication or, and they don't like the word weak, but your, your least style that is the most foreign to you when you communicate with that particular client style, how do you navigate that? So again, get those reports. It'll give you great insight. And go to WhitmanAssos.com slash CSA for your communication style assessment, my gift to you. Now, my motivational quote today is by Mary Kay Ash. And Mary Kay says, pretend that every single person you meet has a, a sign around his or her neck that says, make me feel important. Not only will you succeed in sales, you'll succeed in life. And I'm going to add another little piece. You'll add, you'll, you'll succeed in, um, in business, especially now human resources, talent optimization, consulting and coaching for organizations that are committed to creating a fulfilling work for staff while exceeding business results is kind of a mandatory necessity, um, today. And, you know, being in business and most of my, my previous clients were all corporate clients, having a culture in place where talent and talent management is looked upon favorably and that we're in career development mode from an HR perspective. Well, today, guess what? Of course, I have a guest for you. Um, and my guest is, Tra is Tracy uh, Sherrick. Now, Tracy designations, MPA, SPHR. She's part of the SHRM, SHRM, SCP um, world, NHA, and is the chief strategy consultant and owner of Elevated Talent Consulting. Now, Tracy is a certified HR professional with nearly two, two decades of experience in employee development and engagement, performance, consulting, and training facilitation, all so needed. Please help me welcome my friend and colleague, Tracy, to the show. So, Trace, thanks for being on. Thank you so much. I'm so excited for our conversation because how our people feel impact how they influence others. 100%. And, you know, the whole talent pool, right? And you and I were talking before about the great yeah. resignation kind of superficially, but, right. you know, it's happening for a reason. And mm -hmm. I think it really does boil down to the relationships we build, right? In my world, it's usually with the client and or somebody you report to, right? Your manager. Um, but it's equally important within organizations with peers and, and employees, et cetera. So how do you, from the that HR lens, right? That HR perspective? What's the importance of relationships and really relationships and business growth? Yeah, it's really everything, right? Because those relationships are what is going to make things grow. And those relationships start 
way before an individual enters into an organization or way before you make the sale with an individual, right? Because we need to like, know, and trust those individuals that we work with every day. Whether that is my manager, I need to know that my manager has my back. I need to know that my manager um, is going to support me and help me learn, coach me on what is specifically needed in order for me to move forward to meet those business results. But it's also relationships within my team. And guess what? Every single team has a business strategy that they are executing. And within that business strategy, we have different strengths on our team. And those strengths will allow us to build much stronger relationships to really serve our clients, which is going to make expanding so much easier when those relationships are strong. Yeah. You know, it's, it, I always say good in, good out, right. And from an energetic standpoint, if you have a good energy going out there, you're going to attract good energy back. But if you have garbage, right. Energy going out, garbage is going to come back to you. Yeah. It's the same thing with our employee employer relationship or the employee and the client relationship, and even the organization and the client relationship, what's the level of that relationship. And that's where you're going to succeed. You're going to see the success and, or the potential failure, right. It's, and it's, and when I say that guys, listen, it's one of a million things that could go right or could go wrong in business. I'm not minimizing that, but relationships, both internally within your organization and externally with your client, it's really kind of a critical uh, piece of the puzzle, right? And we have to teach people how to build and communicate um, to build those relationships. What is, what, Trace, what do you think the, you know, why diversity is really needed and can absolutely help the client journey? Absolutely. So there's a number of different types of diversity, right? So we have diversity of thought. We have the diversity of culture and our backgrounds. We also have the diversity of our behavioral styles. So I'm going to kind of go through these, you know, a little bit. I'm going to start with the diversity of our behavioral styles. So you have your, your, your assessment that you talked about at the very beginning of the show, which is fabulous. And we also use an assessment in our work. And the assessment we use is called predictive index because it looks at what does the job need? And then what does, who is the person? So will they do the job over a long period of time and can they? And when we look at that, what that tells us is that we have a fit to the role. Now, when we look at that diversity of thought inside of the organizations, typically on teams, we have many different behavioral types, and typically our managers have a very different behavioral type than our employees. Let me give you an example. So if you have a manager that is incredibly, incredibly self-driven leader, and they're moving 700 miles an hour, we've never met any of those before, have we? <laughs> no. Right? And, and they're moving 700 miles an hour, but on your team, you need to have implementers that are doing a thing A, then thing B, then thing C, right. then thing D, they're hitting every single deadline. They're dotting every I, they're crossing every T. Guess what? They don't move 7,000 miles an hour and they're going to take their, their, their strength and their leadership a lot of times through the team. So that's a very different diversity of behavioral types. What that does is that allows that leader to be high level, to be visionary, to say, this is where we're going and lead that team. And it allows the individuals that are implementing to actually get the thing all the way done because every single one of us has strengths and things we're not as great at because we can't be great at everything, right? You know, so, so that diversity of 
behaviors allows us to create a really well-rounded organization that has the vision and that has the implementation and the follow-through to best serve what our clients absolutely need in order to be successful. So that's... Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, so that's one of those key things of diversity. The second piece I wanted to talk about, I'm going to go three, one, two here. Okay. So clearly I'm not a very process oriented individual. Um, So (laughs) the, the next thing is that diversity of thought, right? So that diversity of thought, if we all think the same way, we're not going to have innovation. And so we need to be able to be innovative because what works today may and probably won't work tomorrow. So that innovation of thought is incredibly, incredibly important. And guess what? A lot of that comes from those strong relationships that we talked about earlier, because if we don't trust the individuals that we're with and somebody comes forward with an idea and we're like, "Mm, never done it that way before, squash, guess what? They're probably not going to bring another idea forward and we're not going to be innovative in our roles. And then that third type of diversity is that cultural diversity, that diversity of, of, of background, that diversity of ethnic origin, right? That diversity is incredibly important because it does bring different perspectives. It brings different cultures. It brings different ideas. And you know what? It's really fun. So with that, when we can take all these things together, we're going to have more innovation in our work, and we're going to be able to better serve our clients and expand actually what our client market is. So I want to go through each of them uh, one by one. So let me just start with that last one. So when I train here in New Jersey, we truly are the melting pot, you know, New York, New Jersey. We have every kind of culture, every kind of food you can only imagine. So I feel bad for the rest of the United States because our food here in the the New York, New Jersey area is quite good. Anyway, it's funny because when I have my corporate clients, I have every type of race, religion, you know, a lot of foreigners land right on the East Coast as well. My dad is an immigrant to this country. So you have all of this. So it's really cool because at the holidays, I'll be like, so what's your favorite dish? Like, what do you cook at your house? And I think you should bring cookies to the next training. I want to taste your, you know, your family stuff. It goes to what you were saying when we embrace each other's cultural um, traditions. And I love the word tradition. We can so learn about each other at this very intimate, and I don't mean that in a weird way, but in a really lovely way to get to know the individual and and where they're coming from. Plus, you're learning about their uh, cultural background, which I think allows us all to meet each other halfway, because I understand why you have those traditions, whether they're religious or family uh, driven. So I think that is really important. And I feel very blessed to be able to live where I live, because I get to deal with, you know, every type of possible nationality. Um, You know, I I know people in every nationality, and they share food. So I kind of like that, right? So that's number (laughs) one, because I Music, food, I, I think it, it, it breaks down any barriers of, um, you know, uh, divide, right? So mm-hmm. I, I feel very blessed where I live. Second thing you talked about is the thought. And this is important because going back to the, uh, your predictive index, my communication style assessment, 
if we fire fast trace, right. But in a business, mm-hmm. I need someone who's literally kind of looking over my shoulder, editing things. Otherwise I would have manuals with typos. I would have slides with typos. I would have things I'm sending out with errors on it. So I always need someone to kind of edit me in the, especially written stuff. Cause I'm on to the next thing. And I think, Oh, there was a typo in there. I didn't see that because I'm on to the next thing. So we need that diversity within our group, within our business, within our organization, because if everybody does think the same, it's going to get boring really fast. And we're going to start to miss, I think business opportunities or new products or services that we should be bringing to the market. So the thought, I love that concept. And just what was the you first call one? That that the you- brake pedal the brake pedal. Tell me more. Yeah. So we call that the brake pedal and then I'll go to the first one, but the brake pedal is, so when you were saying, Hey, I need that person to really kind of take that, you know, slow me down to make sure I don't have errors or there aren't things there. Um, that brake pedal inside the organization is an individual that's incredibly detailed and they're looking for all the things that could go wrong before yeah. they actually do go wrong. And you and I both need brake pedals in our organizations, you know, and, and, you know, and that's what that strength that an individual brings. So that brake pedal says, Hey, you know, Connie, you're going 7,000 miles an hour. You know, here's the things that could p- potentially happen. Can we take a look at these? And then there's those that we just know we're not great at, right? Overscheduling things, you know, sending things out with typos, or we think that things are connected really well together. And they're like, okay, I think I'm missing like a whole thought concept here. That's Can right. we like add another paragraph to that? Those are our brake pedals inside of our organization to ensure we have a complete picture. And then vice versa, the people who are more brake pedal, which I would say is my husband, he's, he's, he's got my back always because I'm moving too mm-hmm. fast. So, so but I'm, yeah, yeah, which we need, I need that because I burn myself out every day and he grounds me, but on the flip side, he needs the kick in the pants once in a while, or for me to say, wait, what did you say? Go and do it. What are you kidding me? Like, why are you wasting time on that? And he'll be like, yeah, why am I wasting time on that? Right. So the people who could go down the rabbit hole, we need, they need someone to pull them out of the rabbit hole too. So again, that's the dynamic of a team that I think is important. And we want a little bit of everything on our yeah, team for because sure. Then I, for right. Sure. Then we have no blind spots, right? Because everybody's got everybody's back um, because we have, we bring so many strengths to the table as a team. And again, it goes back to, from a thought perspective, if we all thought the same, we're missing a lot of opportunity, innovation, creativity, all of those things. What was the first one, uh, Trace? Just remind me. Yeah. So the first one that I was specifically talking about is the, the distinction of our behavioral styles, right? And we kind of were just talking about it with this last one, right? So, you know, those behavioral styles that are very different will allow us to bring that team together. So one of the things I, I love to talk about is we have the gas pedals in our organization that are going really fast. They're visionaries. There are independently driven leaders. And then we have our brake pedals inside of our organization, which are those that are detail focused. They're sitting there looking at the, you know, what needs to happen and hitting those deadlines, you know, but within that, what I see so often when I walk into leadership teams is we have individuals that are very extroverted and that are very driven. And we've got ideas all over the place. It's like when you look at strategic plans, right? You've got the strategic plan in front of you and this leadership team is so excited, but it never happens. Like you never meet your business results. And the question is why? Because you don't have any implementers. 
I like to say that we're vitamin C and D deficient, right? Um, you know, saying, hey, we don't have the implementers of change and we don't have those individuals that are ensuring that they get done by the deadline. And that is what's key. And guess what? Each team is implementing a strategy and that strategy is going to be different based on the, 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 the sales cycle or the cycle of the organization based on, hey, are we exploring and breaking into new territories? Are we breaking into new markets? Or do, are we in a process and precision role where, you know what, sales team did a great job. We have to ramp up to, you know, a billion pieces here within the next three months. We yeah. need process and precision people that are getting that thing done. Yeah. And the other thing I wanted to comment on that, thank you for that. And that first one is the behavioral style because, and I sit in meetings with my corporate clients and it's fascinating. Again, I'm, I'm an observer. I'm very good at observing. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess that's my coaching background too, but I'll sit there and I'll observe and I'll think, wow, that person's taking notes. They're not saying a word, right? But you can see them contemplating what's being Mm -hmm. said, right? You can see that they're putting something down and Oftentimes you have the big mouths, right? That are blah, 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 sharing their thoughts without really taking the step back to fully understand what the strategic plan is. Whereas the mm-hmm. quiet person is more observational in nature and will listen fully and start to think, hmm, I wonder if we pivoted or changed or, or tweaked to this one little thing, what would that mean for what Connie's talking about from a strategic plan? So afterwards with leaders, I'll often say, so what's the deal with Tracy? And they go, oh, she's a very good employee. She's a little quiet. And I said, did, did at the end of the meeting, like, why didn't you go around and just say, okay, anybody have any final thoughts? And here's, and the, the leader will also often say, oh, we've done that, but no, Tracy never talks or Connie never talks. And I think, well, why don't, see, now instead of just saying anybody want to share their insight, I would say something like, hey, Trace. I saw you taking wonderful notes over there and you've been a little quiet, but I'm, I, I, I saw you observing and taking notes. So I feel like you're putting pieces of the puzzle. Can you just share just some of your thoughts as we're talking about the strategy? What are your thoughts? What do you, just, again, raw, doesn't not right mm-hmm. or wrong, good or bad. I'm just curious as to what you're thinking. And now all of a sudden they'll, they'll be very, very succinct in what they say, because they've been listening the entire time and taking notes. And sometimes they'll even say, let me go back to my notes. And then the rest of the, this always happens when, when I see someone quiet, the rest of the, the people in the meeting go, well, where did that come from? You never mm-hmm. asked. You're all talking and talking over each other. The one person who might really have a new innovative idea is never going to jump in the middle of all of these, you know, crazy people like me, right? I'm right. a verbal person. So that's another thing I wanted to say is understand who your team is. Don't allow them to fly under the radar with you if you know they have innovative ideas. Respectfully ask them, hey, I know you're usually quiet in these meetings. I'm really curious, what are you, what is your take on this topic? Um, because I know that you're very innovative or I know that you're very thoughtful um, whenever you meet me later one-on-one. So again, help them develop that skill to learn the verbal skills, but also bring them into the fold, into the mix to let the other people know in the office or in the, in your organization or on your team that Connie, Tracy, they're go-to people. You might want to incorporate them in your future plans. So again, you have the, you have the ability to create a team dynamic just based on the different behavioral models. Absolutely. And typically what we find is that those individuals um, are very analytical, right? So, you know, 
when we look at this specifically, we're saying, hey, what is their communication style? And their communication style is going to be much more analytical. And the joke that we have about this is no agenda, no attenda, right? There's somebody that has to think through items before they're going to bring it forward because typically they're, they're very perfectionist too. So they don't want to yep. say something until it's a hundred percent thought out. And so, you know, as if you're, if you're a very kind of talkative, you know, extroverted leader, one of the best ways that you can support your team is sending an agenda out ahead of time because yeah. they're going to think it through. Um, and then there's others of us, like you and I were cracking up before this podcast because you asked me to write out eight questions and I sent you back eight words and you're like, Tracy, I need eight questions. I'm like, Connie, I can't figure that out. I need to talk it through. And we came up with eight questions within about two minutes, right? And so each of us have different behavioral styles. And the key here is knowing and learning how do we unleash that amazing potential in every single employee so that they can be fulfilled in their work and blow the business outcomes out of the water. That is where the fun is. Magic, man. It's the win-win, right? I'm a happy employee. I'm happy with what I do. I'm heard and and seen by my leader, whoever that is. I'm an integral part of the strategy of the organization. I'm empowered. I'm feeling good. And oh man, we're making money on the back end. And and our clients can't, can't tell the world how much they love us. It's that win-win, right? The employee wins, the organization wins, and the client wins. It doesn't get any better than that. You have to build that though, to create that type of a dynamic culture. Um, and it, I, I think it's an important piece. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to shift over now the client experience. I'm all about the client experience, mm-hmm. right? Cause that's yeah. my world. Now we're talking, all the things we've talked about is really about building trust And this goes internally as well as externally, right? Because the strategies and execution, it's affecting someone, whether it's an internal player or an external, right? The client um, Mm -hmm. at the end that we're making money from. So talk to me about why are all of these things that we're talking about important equally for the client experience as well? Well, they're incredibly important for that client experience because they create trust, you know, and that trust is created both internally and externally. So even if we were to step back to that first item we talked about, which is the relationship, it's also the relationship with the client, right? If we talk about that diversity of thought, you know, guess what? That diversity of thought also comes into who is sitting in front of me as that client or potential client that's in front of me and how do they need to be communicated with to ensure that they are that they are heard and they have the opportunity to ask the really great questions right so there's times where we really need to pay close attention to that so it really comes down to how we create that trust and one of those key ways of creating trust is building on that relationship. And sometimes it's all win-win-wins, but other times there's things that happen in a client relationship that aren't fantastic wins and how you come back from that and create that trust and really be there and hit the ball out of the park for that client will take that to the next level. And you said that earlier, guess what? They're going to be out telling everyone about it because they had a great experience because now they, they trust you because you did what you said you were going to do. You know, this is important. And this really, in my world, what I see all the time and what I, what I say to my CEOs and my business owners for that matter 
you're leaving money on the table. And they look at me and they go, what do you mean? Our salespeople are great. Or I'm a business owner. I know my business. And I, and, and then my, my comeback is, but you're leaving money on the table because you're not fully understanding the client's situation because of your own and go back to the behavioral model, your own thoughts that you're thinking or assuming things about the client or you're assuming things about your employees. And then we're so we're we're not fully servicing the customer. And, and then the other thing I'll say to them is when your clients call in your customer service line and they have a complaint, typically I'm locked out, I can't get into my class, whatever it is, whatever we're selling, um, oftentimes we can satisfy that glitch because business things go wrong when we're talking about the client interaction. But if I could remedy the situation, right, make it better, but also have a, a, um, an offer or something that I can cross sell that will keep that from ever happening again, or not only to keep that from happening again, but for them to save money, maybe on the account they have, there's a way I could save them some money. So now I'm offering an additional product, but in the, but in the bigger picture of the relationship with that client, I'm saving them money, saving them time. I'm saving them something that all of a sudden they're like, oh, I'm so glad you asked me those questions. Oh my goodness. I'm so glad I called in today. I never thought I could change accounts or thought that the, you guys offered that as well. So sometimes we're the best kept secret because we don't share it because we handle the problem at hand, but we don't get any further with the client. You're leaving money on the table. Every which way that I could di dissect this, you're leaving money on the table. And that that's, I think, is dangerous as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when we look at that with our staff too, you talked about dissecting it and diving deeper. Uh, we're not leading and coaching our staff to their highest potential and we're leaving potential on the table and this yep. same communication goes both ways if we're leaving employee potential on the table we're also leaving money on the table because they're not outdoing their best work and engaged right. in what they're doing that's right again you know how i feel about coaching i'm all about yeah. coaching our employees to the next level of greatness um or what they're looking for in their career career pathing that's uh, just as an aside trace i see this all the time especially when I go in and I do field coaching with my, my corporate clients and I'll meet with their managers and, and employees so I can give them very specific feedback on what they're coaching, things that they could be coaching yeah. better and what I see. And oftentimes they have very high performers that have just been with the organization. They're, they're quick learners. They execute what you ask or just a team player. You know, you want to duplicate that person. Yeah. And oftentimes when I observe the coaching, this is what, what the coach says. Hey, great job. Keep doing what you're doing. Love. So glad you're part of my team. And that's the coaching. And my feeling is, well, that's not coaching. Yes, we want to give that positive feedback and show the gratitude for that employee showing up every day. But what are you doing for that employee to continue their growth? And so oftentimes, right. I let the person do their coaching. I observe. I don't say a word. Right. Observation super important. And then I'll say to the employee at the end, what'd you think of that coaching? And they're like, oh, it was good. I know I'm appreciated, which is wonderful. I'm like, well, what's the next thing you have to work on? Oh, you know what? I'm just, I'm, she tells me I'm good. There's nothing else for me to work on. And I giggle and I say, well, then what would you like to work on? And oftentimes they'll come through with, I'd like to become a better writer. So my emails are more coherent, or I'd like to actually coach other employees because I've been here so long. I don't want to be management, but I'd love the coaching opportunity. So all of a sudden they start articulating skills that they want to develop. We just have to be there to ask and listen. And that builds mm -hmm. that whole like no trust factor as well, which now helps them do better job with our clients. It's all connected.
Yeah, it's absolutely all connected. And that coaching then, you know, one of the things you just said is such a key point for coaching is the coaching for the most part is driven specifically by the employee, right? Yes, there's key outcomes we're looking for, but it's, hey, what is it that you need today, right? What is it that you need? Because what are those challenges? And when we can dig through that, because so often it is a mental block, it is a thought. And sometimes it is, hey, I actually need to ask for help because my behavioral style is that I'm incredibly detail oriented and I'm always seeing the things that will go wrong, but it's stopping us from actually moving forward and getting the project done. It's like, I'm sure you have listeners out here that are perfectionists perfectionists, guess what? They will stall out because they're, they're too afraid to move forward and make that progress versus having it be perfect. And that's so often where we have to bring in the training to say, okay, here's what we're going to do to move these things forward. And, you know, as we specifically go back to those relationships, that goes back to to trusting that I'm going to get the training that I need to truly be successful in the organization, that I have that team around me that I can support to hit the ball out of the park almost every single time. And the trust that if there's something here that I don't know, or if, hey, I screwed something up, I know I can go to my team and say, hey, I screwed this up. I'm not really sure how to fix it. And I don't have that fear of my hand being slapped and potentially losing my job, but that I have that background to say, yep, we can do this. And guess what? From a client perspective, we're going to give so much more value to that client when we do that, because they're going to know that we're going to go to bat for them. And if something doesn't go right, because let's face it, do things go right 100% of the time in your relationships? No, we're human. It's not possible. That's right. That's right. We're human. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and you're right though. And perfection is so funny because I remember when I started my bill, I'm like, I got to do this and I got to do this and I got to do this and you can't do everything. Right. So nothing gets right. done. You fail, right. They become epic yeah. fails. So we have to learn. And, and one thing I have learned is that perfectionism really is an illusion and control. Cause I'm a little bit of a control freak. They're just illusions. We're not, we can't be perfect. It's, it's not humanly possible because it doesn't exist, but we also <laughs> can't always be in control. Ugh, I hate that. Cause I always want to be in control. Right. But yes, that's just the yes. reality of uh, we're human. We're only human after all. And I say that with love, our flaws make us so darn amazing. We're out of time. Um, uh, Trace, thank you so much. This is, I hope it got everybody's wheels turning because we had such a great back and forth, like almost a ping pong match today, Trace. <laughs> we talked about the employer employee, right? The coaching, the relationship and how that all translates not only to us retaining quality talent, right? And really building a a dynamic culture of motivated employees, but who benefits not only does the employee, the company, but then the customer uh, wins at the end as well. It's worth building these types of cultures, guys, that Tracy and I talked about today giving your people what they need, creating a coaching culture for accountability, but for growth, right? All of these things play a part in how successful a business can be um, or should be, right? But that aren't like what my example before, you're leaving money on the table because we're not capitalizing on these extra little opportunities. Um, It's all about learning, man, right? Trace, we got to keep growing and learning and, you know, putting pieces of the puzzle together using tools like the uh, predictive index or my communication style assessment. It's just, it's all about growth. 
Yeah, it is. It's all about growth. And that other thing is having grace with yourself and that gratitude. And I didn't want to leave our podcast today without saying that gratitude for yourself and your clients and your team is huge. Absolutely. Yeah. And how do you not feel grateful when your team, you have a great day, right? Or your client comes back with a great success story because of you. Um, how do you not feel gratitude every time we have the wins? And, and here's the other thing too, I think I am grateful. And I know we said this before we started recording Trace. I'm grateful when I have my epic fails because inevitably my business has grown exponentially after those epic fails because I'm forced to change a system or I'm forced to change something that was flawed to begin with. And now I can remedy and then expand and build from there. So um, I'm in gratitude even for my failing forwards, you know, of my efforts. So um, yeah, gratitude, super important emotion to feel. I love it. Great way to end the show. Thank you for that. And thank you. It's been fun. Yeah. Oh, last thing really quick, your podcast, tell them about that and we'll put it in the show notes so they can find you. Absolutely. So our podcast is called Talent Optimization, and it is all about how do we optimize the talent inside our organizations so we can blow our business outcomes and our results out of the water. And you will hear a familiar voice because Connie and I just recorded one. So you will also hear Connie talking about creating a coaching culture on our podcast as well. Love it. And such, again, I love supporting other podcasters because here's the thing, you know, professionals listen to my show, professionals listen to your show. And if we can create this really good digestible content and it's free, right? Podcasts Mm -hmm. are free resources. It's just such a wonderful way for people who are trying to self-develop as well, whether you're working for a corporate client career or you have, you're a business owner, it doesn't really matter. All of the content that Tracy or I cover in our shows really really can be utilized in many facets of your life. So I just, I love supporting other podcasts that have such great content that can help individuals in whatever their career is, again, both on the corporate side or on the, you know, the entrepreneurial side. So thank you for that um, as well. And I will post that podcast um, so you can go and listen as well and rate and review because us podcasters, we love when we get ratings and reviews. It makes us feel all warm and tingly inside. So please rate and review for me, but also rate and review for Tracy. Um, And again, I'm going to be on that show. So take a listen. And we do talk about corporate culture and specifically the coaching component. So I'd love for you to uh, listen in and give me your feedback. Now, if you'd like more Tracy in your life, she's stuck with me. She knows that we're going to do a couple of things together already. Uh, So I have her in the bank, guys. Yeah, she's in my calendar several times. But go to her website, which is elevated talentconsulting.com. I will put that in the show notes or email Tracy. It's T-R-A-C-I at elevatedtalentconsulting.com. And I will post the podcast as well uh, so that you guys could find her easy peasy. Trace, thanks again for just great conversation. Again, I felt like we, we hit it from the talent pool, right, of the corporate or your, your team, and then also with the, the implication and the benefit that the client and the employee can build together. So I just love that. It's a win-win. That's my kind of show. Love it. Thanks so much. Oh, my pleasure. And I hope you will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover no matter where you are in your professional career, whether it's corporate again or entrepreneurial. I hope that my guests and I and our tips and conversations and strategies are, number one, make sense 
hopefully expand your perspective. And the last thing is give you a tip or idea that you can implement today. And as soon as you listen to the show and you implement that strategy or tip or you percolate on it, all of a sudden magic starts happen. When you choose to take action, that's where we get reaction. And really that's where we get the change in our life um, from a proactive possible uh, standpoint, again, flourishing. So please take the tip, execute, get the results. It's like having a magic wand. It's the coolest thing ever. Uh, Thank you again for joining me, uh, Trace, for today. And thank you for joining me, uh, listening to Changing the Sales Game podcast on webtalkradio.net with me, your host, Connie Whitman. As always, I am honored to have you on this journey. And I really do hope that you enjoy the show from growing perspective, as well as implementing new ideas and tasks um, into your life to make just ease and grace, right? We want our life to be easy and graceful. I wish you all of that and so much more. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you all next week. Thanks so much. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow.